The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Fred Zinke is the ultimate pot stir. He drops one tweet and sees 60 responses after that there in a thread that I got tagged into. We're going to talk about that. Is it time to change a category rule? Next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the good folks from So Rare. Uh, I am Jeff. He's Fred, the man by the doorknob, and he's also the pot stir. He's the instigator. He is the guy that behind the guy that started this whole action here today. He's Fred Zinke tweets this morning. After looking at respective the respective saves and holds leader lists, I can't figure out why there's so much resistance to saves plus holds as a category. Let's get to a place where we look at relief pitcher skills over managerial tendencies and preferences. A nice little tweet, you know. Provocative a little bit, but not like total bomb throwing. But man, you got lots of traction today, Fred. Yeah, I, I did have a hunch that that would tweet would garner some responses. Um, that wasn't why I said it. I said it because I meant it. I wasn't looking for attention. In fact, I mentioned to you, Jeff, before we started recording that I knew I was going to have a busy day at work. Um, I was driving in to work this morning. I was listening to you and Scott from early Monday morning, late Sunday night. And um listening to you talk about Domingo Acevedo and Jimmy Herget and how Aaron Loop got a save and like mm-hmm. Aaron Loop getting a save at the manager's whim, his first save of the year, by the way. Um, he's also 0-5. Um, anyways, that, that yeah, not really that good at baseball. Yeah. He's, he's been okay this year. 396 ERA. He's not that good. Not very good. 130 web. Yeah. Anyways. And that that was like going to, you know, it might influence your league and everything. And as I was driving and I thought this many, many times before, I was like, God, there's got to be a better way um, for us to play this game. Um, And I've always thought I've thought about this lots before. So anyways, I got to work and I was like, I am going to put this out to the masses. And if no one likes it or some people like it, I don't really care because I've thought it through many times before. But I I know. Okay, let's start by acknowledging people are resistant to change, mm-hmm. right? Like we're For all sure. resistant. We're all resistant to change. Fantasy so players, this, in particular, about league rules, one hundred percent agree. Absolutely, baseball in general is resistant to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and there were a lot of tweet responses today from people saying, "Right on, Fred. My league switched to save plus holds a certain amount of years ago, and we love it, and we've never gone back." And 
And then there's also a lot of people saying for various reasons, I would never try this. Um, yeah. Which kind of fits my, my thought of maybe some people, more people need to try it and maybe we're being resistant to change. Exactly. So, so I just think, so like these guys, like these guys like Acevedo and Herget and trying to decide if the Cubs are going to give their next save to Brandon Hughes or Rowan Wick or some random guy, because that's what the manager feels like doing in a game that let's be honest, the Cubs themselves don't really care that much about in September, like the managerial staff, whatever they say they, that we might care. We care more about who gets a Cubs save right now than the actual managers and coaches of the Cubs probably do. For sure. Cause what does one more save right now for the Cubs matter? Right. Which is a problem. Um, that, that we care more about that than the teams do. I know, I like, I hear the counter arguments. I know that managerial decisions impact other positions too. Lineups, order, batting orders, who gets in the lineup, who's where they are in the batting order. I know all that impacts, but I think Sammy Reed said it today in the thread, which I did get a chance to read a bit before we started. And he, like, he said what I was kind of thinking, like all those managerial decisions impact the categories a bit. So whether your guy hits second or seventh in the lineup over a long haul does impact his production a bit. The saves is different. It's all or nothing. It's, it's, it's the one position in baseball where the player has one job. That is to get saves. As yeah. you know, I, well, I, he has a secondary job to get strikeouts and ratios, but basically, you know, yeah. there, there's only one person on the field that can provide it. It is that relief pitcher. There is no, you know, Eight of you know, you got all the hitters, they all can provide all those steps. Yes. Only one person can provide saves. And, um, and sorry, I was just go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. That's been a problem t- from time at Finnum, though. I mean, it, it's one of those things that's always been an issue, though. Um, it's always been the case there. We've almost gone full circle on relief pitcher usage to like we're in the 70s and you have an ace reliever concept here where Goose Gossage would pitch multiple innings or. You know, you, you Mike Marshall would pitch, you know, uh, you know, multiple innings. Now, Mike Marshall is another extreme, but point being is they weren't beholden to the closer job necessarily in like the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. It was just, I need an out here. I'm going to use my best pitcher here. Period. We've gone almost back to that in a way, and we're kicking a scream. Like sabermetrically, things are getting managed from a, a better standpoint. You know, looking analytically, it is better for the team that Jimmy Herjick comes into the sixth inning at times to protect the lead when it's still close, when it's five to one or four to one in the sixth. Even, you know, though, that you got the top, you got the thick of the order coming through. This is when we need you to pitch fine. And he's probably fine with it. It's not like he has uh, Jimmy Herjick has a a saves incentives clause that is massive. I mean, he's a low paid pitcher to begin with there. He's just happens to be a more effective one. We just want to be able to find a way to profit it. So some of our complaints, my complaints, by the way, they're my complaints. I've been complaining about it a lot. They ring hollow because it's all self, it's all self-interested. I understand that. So this is an area where I think that the fantasy fantasy community hasn't kept up with the times in the changes in baseball. And like you said, the change that you hit it, the changes in baseball are smart. The way the Rays manage their bullpen is smart. They do a good job with it when, okay. So let's say when most of us who started playing, started playing. So nineties to the early two thousands back then teams had their closers. So mm-hmm. there were about 30 of them to go around and teams typically almost always put their best reliever as their closer. So 
picking the closers at that point was very much a skills assessment. And, you know, and, and there were, there's obviously manager decisions, but managers back then, the, the closer was the closer. The closer got almost all the saves and the closer was often the team's best reliever. If he wasn't the best reliever, he was pretty darn close to the team's best reliever. I feel like our fantasy landscape is still reflecting that managerial mindset. The league has shifted. The league has gotten smarter. Like you just said, the Mm -hmm. league has realized that getting through three, four, five in an order in the seventh inning is more valuable than getting through seven, eight, nine in a ninth inning, for example. Um, And we haven't kept up with that. We're still, and now we're complaining all the time that the Reds don't have a closer and that, you know, these other teams, the Rays don't have a closer and that the Mariners often share saves and everything because we want them for an old fashioned Roto category set we've made, which we can tweak and kind of keep up with the times because I know the hold stat isn't perfect. However, it's terrible. No, it's it's, saying it isn't perfect is not really stating the case here. Holds are terrible. They're better so, than they used to be. At least now you have to get three outs, but they're terrible. So, so I think, so this is my thing is I think the three out rule, which I know isn't totally a three out rule if you finish an inning, but if right. you put a pitcher in as a, as a manager and he finishes an inning, like it's, it's often a key situation. And you know, if he doesn't finish the inning on that batter, he's got to stay in like, cause of the three out rule. Um, I think the holds are a better stat now than they were before the three out rule. Cause you used to have the, the loogies, right. That would get mm-hmm. all these holds with one out. We don't have those anymore. In fact, mm-hmm. almost all of the holds leaders are right-handed just happens to be this year. So we're not seeing that at all. Another bias, by the way, that makes it terrible. I'm left. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I haven't fully run the numbers, but if you want to take the top, say 15 guys in holds and figure out their, their average ERA and whip, I would say, and strikeout rate and walk rate, whatever you want to do, I would say that these guys will come out even with the closers in the top 15 and saves. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's much of a skill. Like, I can see in guys in here, like Anthony Bass, I think, has an ERA in the ones right now. Andres Munoz, one of the best pitcher relievers so far. Munoz He's been one of the best awesome. relievers position. Devin Williams. Even, like, um, and I may mispronounce her name, but, but Siano Perez on the – Orioles. Most people don't even know who this guy is. I do because he's a former red. He's got 25 holds this year. He's tied for fourth in the league and he has great ratios. He's pitched really well this year. Hector Neris is there. He's been a great eighth inning guy for the Astros in a really good bullpen. AJ Mentor is the leader. He's been one of the best relievers in baseball this season. So, so like, like I, I'm not buying anything where it's like that the closers, the closers are no longer better than the guys who are getting the holds. They just, they're just managers whims. These closers guys, Jason Adam is on the list. Uh, Colin Pache is on the list. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so Brooks Raleigh is on the list. A lot of Rays on the list because the way they mix and match their bullpen. Michael Fulmer, who's on the list, who's been a good reliever for the Tigers and the Twins this year. They're not perfect, but neither are the saves guys. Like we've also have guys with saves and high ERAs or a high whip, right? And who, who get a lot of saves. I, I I like fantasy baseball when it can to like reflect is at least mostly the real game. Like okay. I've said before that I think it would be a problem in a fantasy league. If Corbin Burns went in round six and you were just like, Oh, we just don't really need starting pitchers. No starting pitchers just aren't important. In our league. I'd be like, okay, well, there's something wrong with your fantasy baseball setup. Like if, if Max Scherzer goes in round eight in your league, I've always felt that way in fantasy football with, with, with non super flex leagues. Like how, how does the two time right. MVP Aaron Rodgers go in round nine? Give me a break. It doesn't reflect 
He's one of the 10 most important guys in the NFL. So I'd like my fantasy baseball to mostly reflect the real game. And it most, and it mostly does. We're a little too high on the steals guys. Like Whit Merrifield shouldn't be a third round pick. I'm actually hoping the new rules next year, increase the steals and therefore the, the steel scarcity is a little less. And maybe we can make those steals guys a little more appropriately valued, but we're mostly there. Like the best players are going in the early, the best players in baseball go in the early rounds. Right. And we've got these weird reliever situations where, like Jake McGee is like a 10th round main event draft pick. It doesn't make uh, you're looking at me when you say that <laughs> you did that on purpose. I, I did. I didn't. Um, I didn't did mean, to. To me. didn't so, mean to. So, and the holds aren't super predictable from one year to the next. Like if you go and look at last year's hold leaders, they're not this year's holds leaders. Totally. So there is going to be some, cause they all graduated to closing. Some yeah. do for sure. And sometimes and really they're relievers, like they go up and down in their skills so much True. from one year to the next. So you're going to have to stay plugged into your league. I'm even open to some sort of setup where saves are worth two and holds are worth one in a league score in that category, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to get to a point where like, for example, Yuan Duran on the twins is one of the best relievers in baseball. Like, like he is awesome. Right, he he's is. just I'm just pulling up his stats from this year, and because uh, I and you know I have to pull up his stats because he has because he's been on waivers in some of my leagues lately. Like one seventy eight ERA, point nine six WHIP, eighty seven strikeouts, been great this year. Might get to hundred strikeouts, maybe not quite. He'll probably be close. Um, he's sitting on waivers in some of my leagues, even fi- my fifteen team super league. He's been sitting on waivers lately because he's not getting enough saves. He's not getting saves. He has eight this year, so nobody mm-hmm. really wants him right now. Like that's a problem in my mind when I'm chasing Brandon Hughes and Jimmy Herget and Yohan Duran is just sitting on waivers and nobody wants him. I think that's a problem. I think that's a problem we should work to address. I think that's valid. I think that I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, seeing though, as we can't get leagues to accept on base percentage instead of batting <laughs> average right now, I mean, which is a good change too. I agree, and I was resistant on that one, but I've come around. Yeah, tell or. Although Liz actually has a pretty good principled take against it is it rewards the take and rate guys and that, you know, the yep. hitting for contact is, is undervalued, but in real life, that's what it, it, on yes, base matters. That's, that's baseball now. I hope, I hope again that the ban on shifts increases the batting average and, and encourages guys to not take and rate quite so much. And then maybe only if it leads guys. to more run scoring. I mean, that's yep. the whole point is so we can score more runs and win games. I mean, but I don't know. Uh, the The whole battle is still over the strike zone until pitchers are no longer throwing 93 mile an hour sliders on the black or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I still think we're going to have some issues there, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, but your, your point's well taken. Um, my concern was like the remedy is doesn't match the problem um, because, but you've made also a good point about the, the change in the whole category. Ta- so Tower Wars has actually done that in one league. The Tower Wars 12-team mixed league draft is has alternate categories. Instead right. of saves, it is saves plus holds. Instead of uh, wins, we use innings pitched. Uh, so that you're no longer on the whim of like a pitcher getting the win. But you know, going deep into games matters. You know, a lot more. So pitchers that get ha- run really bad luck on the on wins luck, uh, for instance, there. They're, they're not nearly as affected by this. You could do the same with quality starts, but 
Um, quality starts, I think, is a little bit flawed too. I, I, <coughs> I, I've always thought that you know, an idea worth looking into, just in, in a similar vein, is wins plus quality starts, where yeah, your pitcher gets a point for a win and he gets a point for a quality start, and relievers can get you points when they get that vulture win. Yeah. Um, I've even seen people recommend wins plus quality starts that didn't get a win, so a pitcher can't get you two in one start. He can yeah. get you the win or he can get you the quality start. But again, like I want us to chase skills. I think that's where that's kind of where fantasy baseball, I feel like started. Like I'm going way back now to like reading these initial, the, the, the tales of the initial fantasy players. Mm-hmm. Like it was about with your friends trying to like one up each other and figure out who are really the good players in baseball? Who's going to really play well this year? Settle the arguments at the bar, settle the arguments on the couch or in the backyard. I can tell you who's better than you can tell me who's better. Like I want us chasing good players and not chasing these random stats and chasing wins is, 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 is a similar problem. Um, It is. It is. So like, I think a wins plus quality starts or something of that nature. Um, and maybe the quality start needs to change a bit where it's either six, three runs in six innings or two runs in five innings. Right. If you, if you throw at least five and you only give up two, you get a quality start. Or if you throw six and give up three, because really five innings and two runs allowed is a better start than six innings and three runs allowed. Yeah. So what would you say about the argument that people don't necessarily need to have the perfect game, the perfect categories. Like we love this game the way it is. I like chasing saves. I like chasing batting average or or wins. Um, I know, I know this game. I don't necessarily want to have to learn a new skill. Now I've been playing fantasy for 20 years. This is not, I, I Jeff saying this, this is the, the hypothetical Jeff saying this. Um, What say you to that? Yeah. And I get that. And that's, that's where I kind of, I started by saying people are resistant to change and mm-hmm. that's why. And and I get it. Like, so I'm going to do my own projections once the season ends for next season. And it would be a lot easier for me if, if saves plus holds is never a thing. I'm, I, when I put that tweet out, like that's more work for me because right. I'm not, I'm not used to projecting holds and now it's going to have to become a new skill that I work on and determine how repeatable are holds and who, and man and, and everything else. So I get it. It's less work for all of us to leave everything. And the for the players to, tr- to track bullpen usage. Cause now yes. you're tracking the seventh and eighth innings too, not yes. just the ninth inning. That's right. That's right. And I mean, at that point you're more into getting really good relievers and trusting that if he's, a, if it's Devin Williams, whether he gets saves or holds, he's pitching high leverage situations almost all the time. That's what you're really, when you draft, if you would, that's what you'd be drafting more towards. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you wouldn't even draft Craig Kimball. You'd be like, I'm not even confident this guy's any good. So maybe he'd get me saves or maybe he'll just blow up, but I'd rather just draft, like going back to our drafts in March, you'd be like, I'd rather just draft Devin Williams. I think he's really good. I don't know if it's going to be holds or if it's going to be saves, but I think he's really good. I think Chris Kimball's not very good anymore. So I'm out. And I, I feel like that would be a better fat game for us and a better facsimile of what baseball managers are doing what teams are doing you know you play score sheet you're already that way Um, yeah yeah i I just think it's a simple tweak that would help a lot um but you're right it's a change and people don't really like change and people like to say like i like it the way it is i don't really i think trying it i'm not saying like the nfbc main events can have saves plus holds next year or anything like that i'm just saying if people tried it 
a lot of the feedback I get from people who have tried it, it was the same with super flex leagues and fantasy football. The people yeah. who tried it would come back out to people and say, this was good. This was really fun. Having mm-hmm. the extra quarterback drafting quarterbacks in round one, this was great. I really loved it. And slowly people are getting on board with this idea because the people who are doing it are reporting back that they real that they were enjoying it more. I think maybe saves plus holds could the same thing where if people would, the people who try it, you know, you know, would like it, but like you said, like it, it involves a willingness to play the game a little differently. If we invented the game right now, I don't think there's any way we'd have saves as the, as a category. I agree. I'd agree, especially the way teams are using pitchers. So, so and I, and I, I do agree. think it's similar to your OPS argument. Like when we first changed to OPS in Tow Wars, I was in Tow Wars then. Like I did Tow Wars with batting average, and there was lots of resistance, as you know, probably more than I do. Oh yeah, and there still is every year, every year. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And but OPS or sorry, OBP. Sorry, I meant to say. Rather, I knew what OPS. you meant. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like it's a more. We know we knew this. Like it's a more accurate stat of how well the hitter's getting on base, which is what that category was kind of supposed to to cover the whole time, right? Like we got the yep. homers to cover the power. We got the steals to cover the speed. The The batting average was supposed to cover how good he is at getting on base. We figured out eventually that didn't really totally cover it. Thanks to guys like D Gordon who hit for average, but didn't walk or Rugnet Ordur when he was good a few years ago, things like that. Mm-hmm. We found a better way. And it took a little adjusting. And the first year I had to put in the column on my spreadsheet for OBP, I kind of grumbled. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, and how am I going to figure out how to weight this? Oh, oh, and I don't have a reference point for it. But you know what? After a year or two, I was like, okay, sure. OBP, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. So I think the saves plus holds could be the same thing. And I think you draft relievers based on, I know relievers wouldn't go as early. I've seen people make that point. And I get that. And I'm actually okay with that because that's how real teams value relievers anyways. Yeah. Like that's that right. they wouldn't go as early. The, maybe a few great ones would, um, but that's okay. If they don't go as early, you still got to do well in the category. And you, and Sammy Reed made this point. You still have to balance over the course of the year, how many relievers you're going to use because the saves and holds category is going to move up at a new rate. You've yep. got to keep, you've got to keep up. In that category, are you going to use two? Are you going to use three? Are you going to use four? Right. It's going to his own set of decisions. And people do not like to go out in the wilderness. And they do not like to try to figure this out on their own. They want predictability. It's hard enough as it is to predict what we have. So I get it. They want their predictability. But I think if they could get used to the change, just like how we got used to OVP, I think there's so many smart guys in fantasy baseball. And what's funny is the guys who usually protest the most are the guys who put the most time into fantasy baseball. They would be the ones to figure out the change first. Yeah. They they would get the advantage. They would do it. Like they would put the work in and by next April, they would have a plan. That's probably true. But they're the ones who protest. I find the changes the most, even though I'm like, no, you should want us to change. You will fit. You're the smart guys. You will figure it out. You're the guys who put the time in. This is to your advantage. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. So, uh, a lot, lot bother, so check out Fred's tweet, check out the timeline <laughs> on that. A lot of good arguments, pro and pro and con on that. Uh, before we move on a quick note from one of our sponsors, the Sorare. So rare MLB is an NFT based free to play baseball game played with officially licensed major league baseball cards. Sign up today at Sorare.com slash MLB, and you'll receive 13 common cards to start your collection. Build seven-player lineup card, lineups from cards in your collection and play weekly competitions with scoring based on real-life player performance. 
compete for rewards with other fans around the world. For more information on gameplay and to sign up, visit sorare.com slash MLB. There's no better time to join Sorare than ahead of our postseason gameplay. Um, and uh, th- this is, you know, they're, they're a sponsor of ours now. They, they, they're big in the soccer world. And they're branching into baseball. I'm kind of intrigued to see how this game works out. But it is a fantasy type of game. Looking forward to seeing that. They're NFT-based, though, uh, so for what it's worth. So they're, they work in conjunction with Tops, basically, right. on that. Uh, let, let's get to a few news and notes. And uh, this wasn't even the outline, but uh, it looks like you're going to have Alejandro Kirk back in your lineup uh, after he missed the weekend. Yeah, I think I think so. I think it looks like, yeah, it looks, I haven't seen, the, have you seen the Jays lineup for tonight? I haven't. I, I saw that he was yeah. DHing today. I thought I saw. I will hold, please, and I will uh, confirm that. But uh, I usually yeah. check the lineups I'm pulling yeah. up right now. Okay. I'm a little on tilt right now because I was streaming Zach Davies in a desperate move to get wins in that na- in the National <laughs> League League. I look up, I see that hey, Diamondbacks are up five to one in the fifth. Davies is out of the game. So <sighs> oh, yeah, here we go. Saves plus wins plus quality. Actually, wins plus quality starts wouldn't have mattered. He wouldn't have got either one. You're right. Yeah. Kirk is Kirk's hitting cleanup today. Um, so for yeah, I know Rob Silver was I was it Rob, I think on the I think it was Rob on the weekend. It was someone else. I think it was Rob though who said Oh no, it's Jeff Zimmerman who said it may, I may have to let him go. Like if he can't help me the last couple of weeks enough after such a great season, I may have to let him go on some teams. So there you go, Jeff. I hope you hung on to him because he's back in the cleanup spot at DH and the Jays have room to do that with Jansen um, could catch you for a couple of days. Maybe even all three games this series, they really had to give Kirk a little bit of extra time at DH. Um, yeah. So he should still be good to go. There you go. So yeah. Good news there. Uh, you know, and you know, he, he's someone that next year, one of the better catchers this year, obviously made the all-star team hitting for average and power 13 homers, 59 RBI, 56 runs. Real Muto is going to be the first catcher to go Dalton Varsho The second, I have no Dalton Varsho this year. I'm going to hang a big L on that. Uh, uh, I could see, I could see Will Smith second. I think, I think that'll be close. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Where did Kirk was what four or five? I mean, Kirk or, yeah. or Sal Perez next year? Who do you got? Sal Perez. So I'll throw something at you with Kirk that I think it's the old, you know, the old expression: a good second half hides a, a mediocre or a poor. Or sorry, a good first half hides a poor second half. So sure, Kirk, Kirk since the All Star break has a six eighty nine OPS. So since the All Star break, he's hit two sixty one with two homers. Mm-hmm. So he was great in the first half. Three fifteen he hit prior to the all-star break with 11 homers. That's the Kirk that like, that's the high end Kirk, like a, a yeah. guy who could get you about 20 homers and hit 300. That's a, that's a great catcher value. Um, and yeah, since the all-star, since the all-star break, this is the bad Kirk because the bad Kirk has no power and is more like a six homer mm-hmm. guy. And then you, so the bad, so all you get is batting average since the all-star break, you haven't even been getting that. In fact, he has 11 runs scored in the second half and that's with him hitting cleanup a lot. Um, or third, even some of the time. So, so maybe they shouldn't I, bat him clean up. <laughs> I think they shouldn't. By the way, you probably, I don't know if you caught this not being in on Toronto, but there was a big controversy in Toronto. There, I don't Have you seen the video of Kirk going from first to home a few days ago? And he's like short and he's overweight and he's like chugging along the bay. It's a great video. 
and the Jays fans like and the Jays loved it. And mm-hmm. a radio guy from Montreal, because Montreal always hates Toronto. No, I don't know why. Somebody... I know the ra- I know the radio guy in question. He's one of the very first radio okay. guys I've ever worked with, Matthew oh. Ross. Okay, yeah. So he had this comment about negative comment about Kirk, and then Alec Manoa jumped all over it and was basically accused him of kind of like like body shaming Kirk. Yeah, and being like, no, this guy is a is a good athlete who's his own unique body type and is making it work in the majors, and like I'm proud of him. And how dare you? And then then the guy and then Matthew like totally, totally stood down on the whole thing and apologized and said, you're right, I the bad bad luck by me, I shouldn't have done. I I get it. He was kind of, I don't know. He he said it was a bad luck on his part, and I and that was great. So he said he kind of he apologized full out. It's 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 not a matter anymore. But um, oh, people still want his head. Uh, they don't they want do. Matthew to keep his job. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I feel bad for Matthew because he. I mean, yeah, he was completely uh, utterly in the wrong on this one here. But having worked with him before, I I don't think he's a bad guy. It's, uh, and, and he it's made like a mistake. A, yeah, and it's like a fine line with Kirk because Jays fans and baseball fans in general, but especially Jays fans, do kind of like celebrate and joke about. Kirk's very unique body for a baseball player because he's not only a heavier guy but he's also quite short and but he's all but he's faster than he looks and he's a hard worker on the base pads like he runs hard and you can see it so he Jays fans do joke about Kirk like that's a running like everybody has fun with it and this guy it sounds like Matthew just took it like just a little too far but it is something everyone talks about and it's something about how Kirk is going to age throughout his career that I know people have talked about. Like, how is this guy going to, with his body type, how is he going to be at age 30, 30 right. beyond that? So anyways, I don't think he should be hitting cleanup because he's not a very quick base runner. I, I yeah. think that matters. He should be probably hitting six or seven. Yeah. Especially uh, with the way he's been hitting. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree. I agree. And I thought you were going to throw me, throw, uh, Dan, my boy Dansby in my face. Cause he's in the oh. outline there doing the same thing where he struggled a lot yes. lately. Yeah. So, I, so that's, this, these are the things we more see when we step away from the season and start getting for next, getting ready for next year. But Swanson's the, Dansby Swanson's the exact same case. Like on the surface, the season looks good. He's hitting 279, 20 homers, 17 steals, 92 runs. 87 RBIs like he might get to 95 in both of those categories well not if he doesn't start hitting better but then when you look at the breakdown like post all-star break he has a 669 OPS he got five homers three steals and a 250 just shows how good his, his first half was though it was still a good first season half, first half was good it was 833 OPS he scores he it partially also shows how good his how valuable hitting second in the Braves lineup is yeah because He's had half of a good season. 833 OPS in the first half isn't amazing. It's good. Not amazing. Mm-hmm. And then a 669 in the second half. But the run, like, he won't get to 100 probably in either category. He has an outside shot and runs. I think it shows how great that spot is. Hitting se- If he's back hitting second in the Braves lineup, that's really valuable. If he's not, then we're going to have to evaluate how good of a hitter we really think he is. And I'll still get him in the 10th round again next year when he's, he starts the year batting eighth and never says, Oh, he's batting eighth again. He's striking out again. Okay. Career 736. OPS. So that's a like career 736 OPS is, is not great. It's like a little, all better. I'm saying is two years in a row. He's been a tremendous he has, of profit. He, absolutely. Absolutely. It just came in bunches this year. So yeah, I think it's going to be up to the individual decide to decide like, is it going to come in bunches again next year? Which of the two bunches do you really trust? I, yeah. I think I know you'll you'll trust him. Yeah, I've had well, positive experiences with him. 
yeah, I'll trust him, but maybe I'll trust him in the fifth instead of the third. You know, we'll see about that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, speaking of the Braves, Spencer Strider is going to get his next start pushed back a few days. Uh, so he may not start this week. He was originally going to start Friday. Uh, so instead he could pitch next week in Washington instead of Friday against the Phillies. Uh, interesting because obviously the Braves, they need to, they, they want to win the division rather than the wild card, if, if at all possible. There's 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 value in that. Uh, but at the same time, Strider is way over his projected innings for the year. If we were playing Stratomatic, you'd have to shut him down right now uh, because he's just yeah. used up his innings. But uh, this is a guy I'm watching closely, uh, to say the least. Uh, just but uh, so that's a zero if you had Strider. It might be a zero game. this week. That's, that's right. a zero because he pitched Sunday. It, I mean, it's hard to complain with what Strider's given you, but mm-hmm. like, if I bet every Strider owner has him in their league, their lineup this week. I think. Oh no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you got you got a great week last week from him. Nineteen strikeouts in his two starts, but yeah, you're getting as you're gonna get as it looks like you're gonna. Well, get did the Braves play this. yesterday? Uh, the Braves yesterday, I believe they did not. Then you can probably still swap them out. Oh, you're right. Then you could still swap them out since they did not. You're right. In NFBC, you could still swap them out. Yeah. Sixth in the majors in strikeouts, even though his first 11 appearances came in the bullpen. That's amazing. It is. Like if he had, if those had been starts, again, I get it. Like his innings limit. Like if you look at the innings totals of all the guys around him in strikeouts, they all have like 30, 40, 50 more innings. Yeah. So really impressive. I don't know what we're going to do with him for next season, but he certainly, he feels like, uh, he feels like an ace. Yeah. Uh, the, the question is like guy that throws that hard gets that, you know, so reliant on strikeouts. We always worry about injury with that. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, sometimes those are the, you know, third round player becomes a first round player. There's still room for profit. Oh yes, uh, yes, absolutely. I think there. Yeah, he could if he, if he's drafted next year as a low end ace. There could still be room for profit. I a fun stat on Strider. I'd be interested to know is he has two hundred and two strikeouts and he oh he doesn't have a save. He has a save chance. Never mind. I was gonna say, well, I thought he had a save this year from back when he was in the bullpen, and I was gonna say, yeah, when was the last guy with two hundred strikeouts and a save? But he probably someone like John Smoltz or something like that. Yeah, but. maybe. Yeah. Someone who's more adept at baseball reference queries can uh, figure that part yeah. out for us. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, 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 yeah. Can be uh, fun to see uh, where he goes next year for sure. I'm looking forward to those early drafts. Yeah. Oh, that, uh, yeah. Those, uh, I don't, I don't usually go in those, but I love to get, yeah, I love to get the results to exactly. put some of his in perspective, just as I was looking at him. So he's sixth in strikeouts of the five guys ahead of him. Only one has a better ERA. That's Dylan Cease. Only one has a better whip. That's Aaron Nola. Yeah. So that's like, re- like really, really impressive. It is. It's yeah. super impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Best waiver wire find. Yeah. Depends on the size of your league, I guess. There's people in shallow Yahoo leagues who got Julio Rodriguez off waivers or, or someone like that. So we did uh, the RotoWire staff keeper league on opening night. Um, and we we're in the reserves, and you can take. Yeah, you know, we have a reserve slash minor league draft after the auction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. keeper league too. So I grabbed Strider in the reserve slash minor league portion of the draft. Uh, while because wow. I saw seeing him pitch and dominate against the Reds, I'm like, okay, this guy's good. I'm bumping him up a little bit. Yep. Um, so that was one thing I did right in that league. 
basically. Because he's a great example of that drafting skills, not roles, right? Like going full yep. circle to the reliever discussion. Just yeah, I, right. I have no, I have no Strider, and I knew he was a really good pitcher at the start of the year. I just didn't like, well, I, or I, like the results were amazing. I just didn't like the role, and I didn't get in on him, and that was one that didn't work out for me at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it was. I wish I had a more of them. I didn't get them in yeah. any of the NFPC leagues. So obviously, yeah. I was so brilliant that I didn't follow that up anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I bid on him in lots of places, but again, be, probably because of the role. Uh, yeah. Which, shame on me. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, a couple more of the topics before we sign off. We we did title this whole podcast "The Twins Collapse." So we should probably talk about that. Before we yeah. do that, though, quick note from our friends on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All of our podcasts are hosted on the Blue Wire Network, uh, so we thank them for that. The Twins, uh, they lost again to the Guardians. They're done. Sonny Gray went on the IL. You know, if you were counting on two steps from Sonny Gray and some strikeouts this week, your week got off to a terrible start. And by saying you, I mean me. My week got off to a terrible start. Had him, you know, two innings pitched. He's going on the IL with that hamstring injury. Gave up like five runs, or four runs and five hits, one strikeout. And that's it for the week. That's done. So I was trying to maybe either hold off or gain one point in strikeouts. That's not going to happen now. Yeah, that was the, yeah, that was at one of the worst weeks, right? Like with a couple of weeks left, I feel like some people have kind of resigned themselves to where they're at probably by next week. This is that week where this last week and this week where you still feel like you're like, okay, if everything came together, I could move, I can move up. I just mm-hmm. need everything to come together. And then to start the week off like that, poor performance injury 
done for the week. Really, really frustrating. Yeah. Brutal. And And you're right. The twins are, it all fell apart. It really did. And what went wrong there? I mean, so one thing, Byron Buxton got hurt again. Yep. You know, dog bites, man, it happens. But (laughs) the problem, and and the problem is that that was a huge, that he's, as much as it killed us in fantasy, it killed the twins a lot more. They're saying they might have him. They're they're still hoping to have him before the end of the regular season. That note was on September 10th. Now, after the the collapse is pretty much complete, what's the rush? Why bring him back now? Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Bring if you want to bring him back. Sure. At some point. But there's no point in rushing him. He's played in 92 games. uh, So that's 41 behind the team leader. Luis Arias, he leads the team in homers. He leads the team in OPS, not by much, but he leads the team in OPS. Yeah. So he, he, yeah, like you said, it's a big, bigger loss for him probably than fantasy managers. Like going into next year, he'll be not on my do not draft list, but I doubt I've still, I never, I've never, I've never had him on a team. I probably won't next year because I'll probably project him for hundred games again yeah, next I, year. And I rarely I draft him. And for that yeah. reason, and you know, he, he started to run, Shortly before he got hurt again, uh, I wonder if that's correlated. But uh, you know, for a lo- the longest time, they wouldn't let him run. And then, in the, like in the last ten days before he got hurt again, he had three stolen bases. Uh, so he was just yeah. starting to run again. Um, but yeah, it's just and, it's it's so tough. And when we start getting into offseason work, and we start talking about the fact that there's going to be more steals next year because it, it seems like it could be a little bit easier to steal a base uh, that doesn't totally really apply to Buxton because the reason Buxton isn't getting steals right now is not because he can't steal the bases. Right. Right. He's not, he's not getting the steals right now. We think out of injury prevention, that's not going to, you can make the base bigger. That doesn't change anything right. as far as injury prevention. You can make the pickoff moves change. If, if the reason they're not letting him run much is injury prevention, then I don't see why that necessarily change, unless they decide next year it's just so easy for him to steal that they've got to let him do it. But when I start projecting certain players to have an uptick in steals, I don't know if, I don't think he's going to be one of them. No, I agree. I, I, yeah. I tend to agree. Uh, starting pitching has been a problem for this team. They, they traded for yeah. Tyler Malley and then he got hurt. That was bad luck. Uh, yeah. But they were a shortest starter. I felt like all along. Uh, that they've been start short one starter. They tried to address their bullpen. It, that didn't work out very well, but they traded Taylor Rogers for the start of the season to try to get another starter. That also didn't work out. So they've been chasing all season long on that. They, they've had two, two major injuries with starting pitchers, uh, Malley and then Chris Paddock, both and, you know guys that they traded for. They thought we're going to get them innings and neither did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not, yeah, I agree with you. I'm not totally faulting the twins on this one with pitching because they've tried, they have tried, mm-hmm. they've tried, they've tried the big move like Mally. Um, and then they've tried the little moves like the band-aids, like Chris Archer, who has two wins and, right. but, but like averaging four innings a start, he's made 25 five, starts, yep. no relief appearances. Yeah. He has 102.2 innings. I, he is on, firmly on my don't pick up list. Yeah. And I have to yell at Tim every time he tries to add him to our, <laughs> our list there. He's right there with Jason Hayward. Just get him off. I don't want to hit him in my field of vision. Yeah. I just don't want him. And, and uh, Dylan Bundy was another one. They tried to kind of do that one on the cheap. He's got a 460 80 RA. Yeah. But, and then they've had some bad luck. Mally was Bailey bad Ober luck. got hurt. Yes. Yes. Bailey Over was supposed to be like, he was a popular fantasy sleeper. And they did address the bullpen at the deadline too. They picked up Michael Fulmer 
who I mentioned earlier from the Tigers. Yep. And that was supposed to be like a really key move for those seventh, eighth innings. He's got a 560 ERA and a 198 whip for them. He's pitching fine for the Tigers. They picked up Jorge Lopez from the Orioles. He was doing well for the Orioles. He's made four appearances. Was it, am I right on that? No, I'm looking. Am I right? He's made four appearances for them? Or am I looking in the wrong line right now on my sheet? Uh, this is questions that, that can't be right. I don't think that's true, but yeah, no, I gotta time. be this sheet. I was looking at is a little messed up. So no, he, sorry. He's got the 560 ERA. So yes. the sheet, I was the site I was looking at. was the lines were a little off. He's got the 560 ERA. So again, they thought this guy can be our closer down the stretch. He's four for six in save chances. He's got a 560 ERA and a 198 whip. Fulmer, I, I need to walk back on. He's been okay for them. That's where the yeah. lines were messed up. He's been a fine. But again, sure. Lopez was supposed to be, yeah. he's supposed to solve the closer problem. 13 walks and 17 and two-thirds innings. He reverted yeah. back to the yeah. previous version of Jorge Lopez again. Yeah. Uh, I remember when everyone was yelling at the Orioles for, how can you trade your closer? I mean, just look at what he's done. Yeah. Uh, look it's at what, right it, it's so funny that the Orioles did that and Lopez fell apart. Josh Hader got traded and fell apart. Taylor yeah. Rogers has fallen apart. Yeah. Um, it's almost Orioles as if fun. these relievers are just, their value fluctuates pretty rapidly. Yeah. yeah. And the Orioles in general have fallen apart. Like it's not like keeping Lopez would have had them in a wild card spot right now. So they made the right, right. move. If they lost out on the playoffs by one game, someone could come back to them maybe and say, you could have done it, you know, if you didn't, if you did. Yeah, but they're nowhere play. close to competing with the Astros or anything like they're that. It would have been a fun little, hey, you made the wild card story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which has value, by the way. Yeah. Ask any Seattle fan about that. But at the same time, if you can get good value for Jorge Lopez in his one breakout season, you do it. Take it. And now yeah. you can, add, now we have to argue about the return. I don't know the answer to that one there. That, that, that's the part that's mm-hmm. tricky. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, overall, as I look through the twins, like they look like a 500 team at best, which is what they are right now. If they're a game under 500, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it just came in fits and spurts instead of them just plodding along on the, on their way to 80 wins. They just, they, they were hot. Then they were cold. If you look at back to the lineup, they've lost Jorge Polanco for a while now, and he did not follow up last season Mm -hmm. very well. A lot of guys who have gotten a lot of plate appearances for them. Matt Kepler's had a really disappointing year. Um, Gary Sanchez has been pretty much exactly what you would have expected, maybe even worse about what you, he, maybe I thought I'd get at least a little more power from Gary Sanchez. So I, the twins, I think the twins have kind of got what they, they've been a little unlucky on the pitching side on the hitting side. They've just kind of got what they put into it. Right. Yeah. Carlos Correa has been good, but not amazing, which is kind of, I feel I've always felt like kind of who he mostly is, but He's, He's going to opt out too, probably. I'm guessing. We'll see. Yeah, I guess so. Eight twenty nine OPS, like, and he's kind of injury prone. What does that get him on? The, what I don't know. That's an interesting decision. I haven't fully invested in his contract and everything, but eight twenty nine OPS this year, which is good. That's good. It's not incredible, but it's good. Maybe he stays with the Twins. Yeah, keeps the money he already has. I don't know. Well, and you know, if Dansby doesn't resign, he's out on the market. Correa's out on the market. Yes. Trey Turner's out on the market. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's disadvantageous to, to opt out. Maybe, you know, the, he was kind of waiting anyhow for the, the, the ch- musical chairs to stop moving last year. He had to settle for this quirky deal. Yep. Uh, Xander maybe might stay, opt maybe out. stay with the quirky deal. Yeah. Xander might opt out. That might, yes. might be another guy he's competing with. You don't want to be the last one standing. 
That's right. So, and I don't see why Correa would necessarily be the first one to get a contract out of the people we just mentioned. Yeah. So unless he uh, says yes first, you know, sometimes yeah, you get you get to be like the NHL, the NBA, and the NFL, where there's a finite amount of free agent money out there, and you better grab it quickly. It's a land rush there. Yep. Yep. So maybe he, maybe I don't know. If I was him, I think I might look very seriously at just staying with uh, staying with the deal I have. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I mean, that's a a three-year, one hundred and five million dollar contract. It's not bad money. Two two more years on it at thirty five million a year. I don't think he beats that. I don't. Think I agree. Any chance he beats that? I think he's. I think they're always looking for like the six or seven year deal, but they want to get the yeah. Lindor type of deal. But yeah. you didn't have a Lindor type of season, so his defense is excellent. I'll say that Correa's defense yeah. is still yeah. superb. Yeah, but yeah, that's 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 going to be an interesting uh, issue for him. In the and we know, season. and we know teams like short contracts in general. So with right. so many shortstops out there, is someone going to rush to give him a, someone going to go out and give him a six-year deal? Or are they going to say, forget it, I'm going to throw a three-year deal to all these guys and we'll see who takes it. Right. Yeah. Maybe not at all the same exact same dollar figure, but maybe I could see teams doing that because we, we know baseball teams prefer the short deals. Right. Except well, for the, the true, true. Truly players. special players. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and which teams are going to be looking? Like you look at, for instance, my Reds, they're not going to be spending nope. anything. Um even if they were, they they've just traded for seven shortstop prospects. They, yeah, and they have and have a homegrown one in Ellie De La Cruz, who might be the best of them all if he stays at short. Uh, so yeah, they're not going to be. That's not a landing spot. You know, the landing spots will be the teams where the guys are walking. You know, Correa, yes. you go to Atlanta, yeah. Sure, shuffle. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. You you can take the Reds and probably eight other teams out of it because they're just not even interested in signing someone to a big contract right now. And then you take out all the teams that are good, but have a shortstop. And like you said, it'll probably just be musical chairs with a lot of the teams that their shortstops are leaving. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to cut a little shorter today. A lot of stuff to deal with today. Uh, So uh, thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, jump in on that, uh, that Twitter thread. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you on that. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Sorare for the sponsorship. And uh, we'll be back at you again next week. Thanks for listening.